there are two things in download that are not your choice. It's the the rain is not your choice and usually the sex that you have. Pringle and Tarium Take on Reality, the podcast of the future with the production values of the past. Please go and subscribe and leave us a review. Like us on our socials at Pat or Pod, P-A-T-T-O-R Pod, and send us any questions or suggestions for themes to Pat or Pod, P-A-T-T-O-R Pod at gmail.com. I would thank you for tuning in, but as we're about to discuss, you had nothing to do with it because today we are talking about determinism. So you might want to skin up a fat one where we get philosophical. Um, just a quick disclaimer, we're not academics, we're not philosophers, we are comedians. So just bear that in mind when it comes to um, listening to us on this subject. Uh, it's kind of, the way I like to do this podcast is pick something each week or choose something, take turns to pick something each week to try and learn about something new and then bring that to the show and try and have a laugh about it. So... With with that bear in mind, Craig, do you think human beings have free will? Yeah, obviously not. Apparently, this is <laughs> what we've found out that we are. But we are, everything we do is a domino effect, and that domino effect sets on ourselves. But yeah, the, it's just the the libertarian view of pure will that every action, if if a choice exists, then free will exists in that action. So if somebody can take a choice and does, that's free will. Uh, but obviously, your choice in that situation is limited by factors outside of it. So is every choice that you make going to affect yourself future, in the future? It's, do we have free will? Probably not. It doesn't look like it. Yeah. Are we I mean, all... <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's interesting because like this was first um, brought up to me in like fifth year philosophy. So that's probably the level we're going to be on today, if, if not like below that. <laughs> um, so basically uh, the whole idea is like that every event has a cause. So therefore every action has an equal and opposite reaction um, and every decision you make is a result of everything that's happened up until and including that moment of your life. So is it really your decision or is it a byproduct of your your brain? Because, um, you know, there's been studies and stuff done on like how uh, the, they can look at someone doing like a yes or no task, um, like psychological tests, and they can actually look at them um, while well, scanning their brain and they can see the activity of their brain flashing up like a few milliseconds before they actually consciously make that decision um which kind of suggests that it's just a that your your internal monologue just exists to try and uh, make you feel a bit more comfortable with yourself <laughs> yeah um there's some there's a really good thing that darren brown used to do and it was a trick i've learned and i i do it at parties and i do it at festivals because it works almost every time it's really weird so basically it's a take a coin and you put it behind your back and you say which hand is it in is it in the left hand or is it in the right hand right they will always choose the right hand at that point because you said left first and then the next thing you do is you pull your hand out and they're going to try it and think that you're double guessing them right that because you had it in the right hand in the left hand last time you will have it in the right hand this time so they go for your left hand and it's it you have it in the other hand you so you guess each time what which hand it's going to be in 
and you can guess what they're going to do in advance because people follow a pattern of decisions. And in the end, basically what it is, is like you can, you keep it in the same hand over and over again. And they will not think they will think this time he must've swapped hands. And if you cross your hands, so you've got your right hand underneath your left hand, they'll always go for the hand that's underneath because it looks like you're trying to hide it. Mm-hmm. So, and so they think they're making totally free decisions, but each free decision they're making in that situation been led on. has an outside influence. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's a, and that's a yes or no. And that's just, the, and that's a party trick that somebody does. Yeah. So let, let, let alone work like a penalty shirt. Life. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. Yeah, so it, it, uh, the weird thing with, with this one as well, it's like, um, obviously the example of this is ed- like, that they use when they're talking about determinism is Oedipus. So uh, Oedipus is a Greek story that they use to, um, as a, a, an allegory for determinism. Mm. Oedipus, uh, there was a prophecy that Oedipus would grow up to marry his mother and kill his father. So his father hearing is it from Cumbernauld? <laughs> yeah, is <laughs> he's from the den? He's from the dens. Um, so the, he's upon hearing his dad takes him out into the woods. Dad drops him out in the woods. He gets raised by orphan, uh, but he raised as an orphan by a, a foster parents, not knowing they're his foster parents. He then finds out that there's a prophecy about him that he'll kill his father and marry his mother. So he leaves his foster parents thinking that they're his real parents. He kills a man upon him fleeing his home, who turns out to be his father. He later marries that man's widow in penance, uh, who turns out to be his mother. He finds out it's his, which to be fair, sounds disgusting, that's but different. wouldn't be out of place on <laughs> Pornhub at the moment. It's not, That's first page stuff. That's first page stuff. That's stepmummy stuff. But this is this was at a time, that was taboo. People didn't want to fuck their mums back then. Yeah. So he he, t- he tore his eyes out. And the idea is the prophecy existed. Did the did the fact that he, by telling him that he was going to do this, did it seal his fate that it would be done? Or was his decisions already out of his hand? That's that's like the sort of example of determinism. Is is was he ever did he ever have a choice or, or by telling him that this was going to happen, did that inform his decisions? So what do you think? I mean, like if I told you that you were going to, f- <laughs> <laughs> you were going to fuck your mum. <laughs> You'll fuck your mum then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go, I mean, he was the first motherfucker, Oedipus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it's, that was it's, God. It's weird. Although <laughs> well, to be fair, the Greek gods were before the Christian ones, weren't they? So who the fuck knows? I'm sure many Greek gods were were banging their parents, man. <laughs> oh mate, they were like literally the first. Don't get it, don't get me into the pamphlet and the classics, mate. It's dark. Like the Disney's Hercules film would have a triple R rating if they did it in real life. Yeah. It's, it's it's hard to fall asleep. Uh, oh, mate! It, it makes it makes um, the the life and death of the Tory parties like in the workings. Like ha- finding that geezer hanging himself in a toilet, wanking himself to death, is nothing compared to the Greeks. The Greeks went through it. They went through it with these people. Like Hercules was born by his dad turning himself into a swan and raping his mum. As a swan. It's not in a Disney version. No, no. Um, <laughs> he turned himself into golden rain to have sex to impregnate a woman. I mean, like, that's, I've, I've, was that the I've first golden shower? Some, 
Yeah, the first golden shower. Uh, I've lied at my Tinder profile, but I've never said I'm Golden Rain before. <laughs> I've said I'm Roman Reigns. Yeah. <laughs> some, day, some, day, some girl told me I looked like Roman Reigns on Tinder. I said I'd quite like to get in your ring. <laughs> That's a bold first move, my friend. Uh, I've never. Yeah, it didn't go I anywhere. Never... <laughs> Yeah. I've never done I've never done any innuendos on that thing. I, I find that I don't know I'm, I'm not the sort of person who, as like my natural reaction is to turn everything into an innuendo so in a dating situation I'm like this this woman doesn't want to hear that <laughs> she just, I, my brain's going to automatically turn her last word into a sexual joke I can't do that I have to just not do it fight the urge <laughs> oh man it's, uh, it's are you on Tinder at the moment no, I, no. I, I'm a, I, no, like I'm not a, like I'm not a big guy for dating apps, really. Like no, it's no. just not my thing. There is a lot like window shopping for me at the moment because it, it'd be like it's like going through a catalogue and being like that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like window shopping there uh, because Tinder makes you feel like you're skint during a pandemic, basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just a it's a weird situation. Anyway. I, I've never really uh, like I'm not one of those people either that like on paper you look. Look at him and think like that bloke is quality. I'm gonna swipe. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm. Well, I, you I'm got a, so many like loud shirts, mate. I'd swipe for that. <laughs> <laughs> so many loud. That's true. I got, got to get. Yeah. I mean, for, I, if they get a Pavlovian response to seeing bright colours, then I'll know <laughs> that I'm in. Like, <laughs> that'd be it. That'd be it. All right. No, I, I used them a bit. Um, Sort of before going out with Sadie. Yeah, that's where we met on it, actually. But um, yeah, I, I used to find them quite fun. But like, did you? I, I had to put that I was a comedian on it and shit, you know, because <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. a lot easier. An amateur one, uh, in case there's any fucking precious pros listening. Um, yeah. I put that I was an amateur comedian on it just to get all sorts of matches, man. It was great. But moved on for that new man. Um, to be fair, uh, now that I'm not on Tinder, I'm, I'm quite pleased because it means I don't have to pretend I know what Harry Potter house I'll be in all the time. Do people ask you that because of your second name? Eh? Aye, yeah. Or just in or general? Because women love Harry Potter. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which one would you be in? <laughs> oh, what did I always use? Ravenclaw. Because it's one of the it's one of the not it's not one of the main two. So, so there's never any follow up questions. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, also I, I have a Harry Potter tattoo on my leg. Have you? Yeah, a stick, <laughs> a stick and poke one. My friend Pez did it when we were smashed. Uh, when, <laughs> it was like when I was like, and it the joke was, your name's Potter. It'd be funny to do like the the Deathly Hallows, the Potter symbol. I like, I like Harry Potter. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Everybody used to buy us those books all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like Potter. So everybody would send us Potter books. Like we've got like for the third one, I think was like the main one that got big. When I was ten, I got three copies of that fucking book. Like fucking <laughs> me, hell. Me and me and like, my mum had to get separate copies for one of them because we both wanted to read like them as the, the day they come out. I'd, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I got I was well obsessed as a kid, man. I must have read them a whole couple of three times, maybe. Um no, not so much. Good. But I mean it's, it's still good. It's just when you're that into something as a kid, um, I don't know, man, I'm into like fucking different things now, you know, I'm not, yeah. not that, not as mad keen on the boy wizard, you know. <laughs> I think that's the thing that, yeah, it's, it, like, it was great. It was quality. And, it's, it, and also we had the benefit of like our age group aged up with the films. So like, it's really, right. I mean, that's hugely. Yeah, you're allowed to find them sexy. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> because like. you're the same age, not now. <laughs> you're the same age, yeah. <laughs> not because they're not because their wands are out. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I don't need I don't need Pacificus Totalus to make you stiff. 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> I've got these at the fucking ready, my friend. Um, I don't need Agiamata to make you wet. That's a good one. <laughs> You've read these more than me, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I just, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, but it, I've also got that thing now where like, same sort of thing when like you get into Nirvana and you get into like bands and you're like, this band invented music. Yeah, and then you actually. Do you know how much I was into Led Zeppelin as a kid to then find out when you're like 23 that like every all the first four albums were just stolen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> crushing, man. Exactly. You you know you've jumped. You know exactly what I was going to say. Like it's like listen. Obviously, she got, um, she always cites Lord of the Rings and like stuff as her things. But there's actually a book called Mary and the Witch Flower that got adapted by uh, Studio Ghibli. Uh, it was a big book, children's book in the 80s that didn't kind of stand the test of time because there's no internet and no fan culture to keep something going. But obviously stood the test of time that it got turned into an animated film. But she would have grown up on this film, on this book. And this book is about a little girl who goes to a school, a hidden school for witchcraft and wizardry. And like, <laughs> and like she would have grown up on this book. And she was just like, hey, nobody's talking about this book anymore. I'm going to fucking have it. And do you know what? Fair play to her. You know, well, I say that, but she is a transphobe who uses her platform. So fair play to her because she, nah, fuck her. Do you know what? Let's not be fair to, <laughs> let's not be fair. Do you know, I don't have to, like, I don't have to be fair to J.K. Rowling, a multi-millionaire. No, she's a billionaire, man. I mean, she's fine without you being fair to her. You can you can yeah. slander her all you like. This is a free speech podcast. You know, she's done, yeah, she's done a lot. She, you know, she's done loads of charity, but... Yeah. None of that's her fault. She was going to have that happen anyway because she doesn't have free will. Exactly. So, I mean, it was, she didn't, she, she, didn't, she was always going to steal that uh, book from the 80s. Yeah. You know, it's, it's because she read it, because her mum gave her it, and because she's a hack. <laughs> yeah. You see that, but like, this is the thing. Like, did she have the choice in the matter? Because she was at the time uh, on a train home from Glasgow and she saw a really nice street somewhere in Glasgow where you live. Can't remember the street, but I'm sure you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, she was obviously thinking about that book as a kid and she was uh, apparently on benefits at the time so she knew she needed cash quick and she knew the best way and like but she had the book the book existed the dominoes exist you can see the, the through line of how influences create art and in the same way is that removing free will or is the free will taking an active decision to act on that influence because the other thing with determinism that they say is like you don't have free will so you don't really have responsibility for your actions you're almost acting on diminished responsibilities whereas like the other thing is if you have a choice to do something or not that in itself is free will Mm -hmm. so just she had the choice to steal the book or she had the choice <laughs> or she had the choice not to. but this is what I mean it's like it's, it's interesting it's she, like, you're saying she's fucking... either malicious or incompetent <laughs> I'm saying it's either not her fault or, or I mean or, yeah I am, to be fair though, I am if you saying that much, we, don't, we don't know how much of that book was stolen <laughs> it could have been like just the baseline hidden skill for witchcraft yeah um, you know but it could have been everything do you know? Do you know? She goes back and rewrites her. She she's like the George Lucas of our of of your and mine generation because she goes back and rewrites a lot of it and adds weird shit. Like, do you know that they don't flush the toilets in Harry Potter? They magic the poo away. 
She added really? that. She didn't have to. No one asked her. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask her. Did you ask her? And then someone's going to watch all the films just to check if he's got one of those wee cards hanging down in the fucking toilet with Morning Myrtle. <laughs> oh, man. That's, oh, fucking hell. I was going to say, like, that, the toilets in there must be grody because those are castles. Fully, yeah. I don't think you've ever taken a dump. Oh, yeah, you have. You just said, like, you went to Neverworth House. What are the toilets like there? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was at um, we were talking about this before we started. I was at Sonosphere Festival and uh, I was in the campsite just mad with it. And uh, we <laughs> ran into this group of people. <laughs> they asked me where I was from. I was like Glasgow. Where are you from? And he goes, Oh, I'm from uh, over there. It points to this fucking massive castle. I'm like, mate, you're talking shite. And he goes, no, no, this is my ID. And uh, right enough, man, it said Nebworth House. And I was like, fuck. So he takes us up to the castle, which has like a fucking swimming pool in it and shit. A couple of like Scooby-Doo dogs, big Great Danes, fucking beautiful things, man. They're like chilling on the couch. And I was like, this is this is the life, man. And then he took us up onto the roof. Then I uh, looked over the festival from there, man. It was uh, it was quite an end. It was like the, the last like sort of morning of the festival. That's how like my, my week end ended, man. It was, oh, it was cool. Um, right. But I, the, I can't remember how the bogs were. Um, <laughs> probably, probably, and put to good use given the fucking substances I was on. Like, so. <laughs> <laughs> that porcelain had seen a fair amount of other white substances that evening. You would say, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, probably fucking were like crystally MDMA that made yeah. you, made your face bleed. You know. <laughs> Mike D's Mad Adventure That's what we call it Down in Stevenage Where you were visiting So yeah It's Mike D's Mad Adventure Mike D's Mad Adventure um, I, Greg's from Stevenage Where where Sonosphere Festival is If uh, people want to track him down My only um, My only example of that Nebworth House Is basically I used to sneak through it To try and get into the festival <laughs> Loads of my mates Would like volunteer At the bars To get free tickets And I'd get them To like rob me The staff thing Did you not be asked For the, the bar work now? No, <laughs> you're just I like, just, yeah, just get a fucking free one off my pals. Good shit, man. Yeah, no, like, I was like, well, I just get one of my mates to do it. Exactly. I've, I've, done, I've done a lot of like the volunteer, I like Sonosphere, uh, stand ups around here as well. So I have actually mm. volunteered there before as well. I was and, volunteering like, at Sonosphere that year, um, and I've done it like at Download once as well, man. The Sonosphere one was great, but. Um, Download mm. one was shit. You're there for like a week and it was pissing down the rain constantly. Um, yeah. But that was always going to happen as we've been talking about today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, no, you didn't have any choice. I mean, download, like, download, rain. That's fucking predetermined. Let's be honest. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, the, 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 there are two things in download that are not your choice. It's the, the rain. It's not your choice. And usually the sex that you have. <laughs> 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 that was dark I love it <laughs> um, no. right. I've been down and I smell those people those people do not smell like anything other than desperation and sadness <laughs> oh man they smell like they smell like so, trooper ale and not take it's not not taking over an answer <laughs> I don't know what that smells like but it's not consent yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but nobody who watches Metallica 15 times in their life in a row knows how to do it. Like you're treading on fucking, uh, treading on thin ice there. <laughs> you know, there's well, do- dozens of people listening to this show, but I might put this as a TikTok clip. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck it! I stand by it. I stand. Oh, Master of Puppet fans, come at me. <laughs> and while we're at it, that. 
Don't play a four-hour set, Metallica. Four hours. Who the <coughs> fuck do you think you are, you mad cunt? I would. I would watch Metallica for four hours, and I think you could probably tell that from looking at me rather than. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, but I've seen Metallica play for four hours twice. Like once at Sonosphere and once at once at Reading Festival. Avenged Sevenfold pulled out and Slipknot broke their foot, so they put on plain white tees. Who got? The, the geezer from Plain White Tees, who weirdly enough also is a fucking weirdo because he wrote that song Hey There Delilah about a woman who was a gymnast that he met at a party who had a boyfriend. Um, she He felt, he just like obsessed about her, wrote that song about her. She hates the song. She is married. She has had nothing to do with the guy from Plain White Tees. Sidebar. Yeah, but they got bottled to shit and then Metallica got an extra hour long set. So... Did I have things a that are predetermined? The guy that sings "Here There Delilah" yeah. getting bottled by Slipknot fans. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that is his fate. Like, but I'll tell you for a fact, I did. I don't know if free will does exist because I did do that, and I would have been anywhere but there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you really wanted to to throw pish at them. <laughs> what age were you at the time? Ah, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I, I mean. Yeah, I would have thrown piss at him anyway, but like uh, I didn't need to piss. To be fair, like uh, after Mandy, you don't need to piss a lot, no. which is weird, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. Usually, you wouldn't want to throw piss at someone. No, you don't. You're right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It does take away the urge. So, which is do you, true. Do you but it also like, takes away uh, a lot of things from you. Do you reckon determinism and free will are mutually exclusive then? Uh, no, I th- I don't personally think that. Like, I, I think that they're, like, I think, for example, does somebody born into abstract poverty have the same amount of free will as somebody else? Um, I don't think they do. Because, like, if somebody's incredibly wealthy or born into world, they have more opportunities to them. If I do think that having two choices, like, if you make taking an action based on a choice is free will, as far as I'm concerned, there are informing factors on this, your upbringing, um, what, you know, what you want to be perceived as, you know, so your image of yourself, uh, how you've been taught, uh, causation, touch something, it burns, you know, you'll get burnt, don't get burnt again, that sort of stuff. So I think there is informing factors on your decision, but you can, but the choice made is your free will. And then obviously that free will might affect later things like obviously if you make a decision now that'll make that will impact things later you know then i understand that and like but i would say for example if somebody's born into abject poverty for example um does that person have the ability to just like go and like this whole thing of like oh if you could just work hard enough you'll overcome it but that like they're not going to be introduced to people who are going to open doors for them they're not going to have like the resources to chase dreams because they need to earn money right now do you know what I mean? So it's sort of like there is like the facts that like you're you have free will based on the choices in front of you, but at the same time, not everybody gets given the same amount of choices. See, I, I look at it on a more like an animalistic level. So like we have an internal monologue, and that's where we consider decisions. But we make most decisions without even consulting our internal monologue, and they just happen. Like because of partly because it's part a different part of your brain, you're not using as much of your frontal lobe if it's like muscle memory or something like that. But there's a huge amount of decisions that you make that you don't even consider, um, and you're kind of 
And every, you know, we don't know if other animals have, they don't have access to language in the way that we do, but they might have some kind of internal monologues. So does then that mean that they have free will because they've got just a little bit more brain capacity, which has given them sort of a, a running commentary on their own decisions? I mean, is, is the other side of the argument that your, your free will or your perceived free will is basically just a, it's just there to make you more comfortable with like what's happening because you're 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 obviously making i mean you could argue you're making the decision but are you consciously making the decision or is your consciousness coming as a byproduct of the decision i've always thought that my internal monologue was a punishment not something that was there to help me the fact that I have to live with myself and my own voice all the fucking time i thought i thought i'd done something wrong <laughs> I like your voice, Craig. <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear the fucking thoughts in your head, though. Like, <laughs> good. Um, it's good to know that, though. Sometimes you do think that other people can hear your the voices in your head. I do know what you mean, though. Like, but I think that again, it's sort of that's a strict that thing. That again is um, there's always going to be the free will is that is the twist made, but the action affects it, and like so. I was saying the animalisticness of it, like we don't think about breathing, we don't think about taking a drink, we don't think about being hungry in the same way. We just sort of like that's something that knee jerk happens. Mm-hmm. But those actions, those like animalistic actions, those are things that you do on like autopilot, those happen in situations where you have very little time to act and stuff. Mm. But like a lot of decisions you make aren't that, then they're about a long-term basis and stuff. So like, for example, the animalistic self, is it helping you choose a bed from a, a, you know, a selection of beds and shit? Is it, no, the thing that's doing that is advertising. So like, you know, hog ratios and shit like that. So even that's got like somehow been removed from you and manipulated to a certain degree, but it's not the animal brain that's doing that. Do you know what I mean? Well, what's that's oh, why the, the, the question what separates us from the animals and it is having a, an internal monologue um, and obviously having hands and an ability to do certain things, obviously. Um, but the, the main difference, I think, between humans yeah. and animals is the, the monologue. But the thing is, what, if every if every event in the universe has a cause and we're just a bunch of cells, like even though we're making the decision, mm. is that not predetermined by our environmental factors? Every every single like event that's happened up to that point, like on a cellular level, um, impacts the decision. Yeah. So it's going to be made based on every event prior to it, um, and that's going to result in your decision. Which is so, is yeah. it your decision if it's a result of every every cell, every every reaction between cells up to that point? Yeah, I mean, like obviously, you're not choosing the situation you're in, so you're not in choose true choice, true decisions, for example, would you choose to look the way or feel the way or do the way you do? But I personally, I mean, like comedy writer Douglas Adams, the writer of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, mm-hmm. um, he came up with a thing that, that has lately been reflected by um, particle physicists and by f- philosophers and for theoretical physicists and stuff, which is that we are the universe's consciousness is the universe's attempt to understand itself, creating an organism and a mechanism in which to understand its own existence. And Douglas Adams makes the joke that we are a, um, the most complicated computer in the world that is constantly asking one question. That's why, 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 what, why? 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 What? We were the most complicated computer in the world, and now we're there's probably computers that are more complicated that are going to ask those questions further, and then end up getting further with them and taking over. They're going to fucking take over. 
We made Thomas. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the singularity, though, isn't it? Like the idea that eventually we could just put our brains in a computer. That would be fucking sweet. Sweet yeah. as. Have you ever. What Maybe was that, what was that like a 99s? <laughs> Freakazoid. That night, Freakazoid. Do you remember the film? Do you remember Freak, Freakazoid? No, he, man. He gets that's put inside the computer. Um, oh, fuck you and you use. <laughs> Wait, it's you again, Craig. <laughs> there he Ah, uh, you're still fresh faced. Right. I reckon, like someone told me in a Zoom call last night that I looked. One person told me that I looked like a young Hagrid or Hagrid's little brother. The other person said I looked thirty five. <laughs> um, what are you doing, Craig? If uh, those listening at home, he looks a little bit like Simon Neil. I'll take that man. Um, <laughs> I met Simon Neil at uh, an armed concert like last year, or maybe it was the year before. But uh, he was a fucking gem, like absolutely lovely guy, man. Um, Choking to see some gigs again. I went on a pure mad gig, oh, gig uh, ticket buying bench today, man. I got a ticket for Daniel Sloss at the Armadillo. I fuck, a ticket for Guns and Roses in Glasgow. And oh, a ticket for, a ticket for two thousand trees, man. Sauce. But uh, wait, if if, yeah, if the Guns N' Roses gig goes ahead, you should come up for it, man. Nice. Yeah, you should come up for Guns N' Roses if it goes <laughs> oh, ahead. Right. I think it'll be later in the summer. It's supposed to be in June twenty fourth, which is optimistic. But I'm hoping they'll just put it back to fucking August or something. You know. Yeah, um, it's going to be amazing. I got. Like, I can't fucking wait. I, I, I actually got into it on NME TV um, at Reading Festival and they cut my joke out. I made a joke and the guys from NME TV overheard it, came and interviewed me. Um, and the joke was, because Axel Rose was like nearly an hour late turning up, classic, and sat down because they turned the power off and had like a sit-in protest. And he was there with Buckethead and the Guns Two Roses people. Mm-hmm. And I said... Axel Rose is a uh, is an anagram for oral sex. That is a chosen <laughs> thing that he did. But I said An- Axel Axel Rose is an anagram for oral sex, which makes sense because he's a fucking cocksucker. And they came over and interviewed me and got to say that. And I said that. And then I said, "Don't see Slash, don't see Duffy. It's just fucking sad." And they cut the joke out and left the bit where I say, "Don't see Slash, don't see Duffy." Aww. And his name is Duffy Keegan, right? Yeah. Now. Every comment on this fucking video, dude. It's about Duffy. And this video is 20 minutes long. It's about me. It's just like going like, his name is not Duffy. It's Duffy. You'd probably be drinking cider all day, man. Lola, the guy wearing this. Lola, the guy wearing this. Like, my eyes are fucking fighting to stay in the middle of my head. I'm like, but yeah, uh, guns and roses, man. Like, I'm not like, I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'd love to see him, but I'd also like ruin lament it. Um, but yeah, our trees definitely are grabs. I'm not sure I'm going to yeah. buy anything else for the time being. I'm, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, but I'm also not going to go on a mad sort of investment. Yeah, I think shit. I feel like also because shit's going to get potentially rearranged, so you could end up having loads yeah. of stuff clashing. And um, plus, I've got tickets for shit that was like like meant to be last year. Um, yeah, I've, I have as well. Like, so you've just got gigs popping up all the time in different dates, and yeah, so it's going to be great when because they're yeah. all going to be within like probably three or four months of each other. All the sort of yeah. rescheduled tours and all that, so it's going to just be up here, oh. just gigs constantly. I'm just going to start. Ages. I'm, I'm going to. I'm just going to squish myself up against people, and I'm going to fucking <laughs> smell the sweat. I'm going to fucking crowd surf, and I'm going to. And you know what? I'm just. I just want a. I just want somebody to spill a lukewarm pint of fucking like strongbow dark fruits on me. Spill dark fruits on me, senpai. That's what I want. Like I just, I just want some fucking semblance of normality. 
Yeah, man. Just people squeeze together. I can't wait to get back to a comedy club, man. A fucking or a proper gig or even a nightclub. I'd, I'd, I'd actually love to go to a shit nightclub right now. Like, if there's one across the street from me yeah. called The Shed that we'd only ever go in, like, if it's one o'clock in the morning, you're fucking got nothing else to do. You're like, oh, we'll just pop in. We're already drunk. Um, but, like, I maybe went there two or three times the entire time I've lived here. Like, if I... If it was open, I'd be there every night. Cause it's just fucking. It's the. I just need fucking something. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like we used to, we we had like a liquid and an envy here. I'd go to an Oceana. I, I'd I'd fucking yeah. I'd queue. I'd queue outside an Oceana. You'd enjoy the queue. You'd have queue banter. You've had queue banter in fucking ages because oh. you're still the queues are outside of Asda. Yeah, just it. Sitting there, like talking to somebody, how much do you think WKDs will be this time? <laughs> do you remember VK Blues, guys? <laughs> just glow sticks and things. Yeah, back. Back. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, hi, we're just getting a little bit excited about shitty nightclubs there. Um, <laughs> so, but so is it our choice? Um, no, evidently not, because we've been told that they've got to close and you have to stay at home. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a pack, it's really, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, like. There's a lot of stuff like yeah, I mean free free will in that in the in the current situation is very strange, isn't it? Because like obviously yeah. you have a choice to stay at home. But and also, also if you've got any like if you've got any issue with that, you're 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 called like a murderer on social media. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're just a selfish piece of shit. I'm like, maybe I'm just thinking maybe some of these restrictions are a bit excessive for the level of of coronavirus. About you know, and and maybe I'm wrong, but. No, I mean, I'm not wanting to die, but you know. Yeah, I think it, I think again, that's uh, we've got a case of convergent sort of um, convergent willing here in the fact that like the Tory government are telling you to stay home, but they're well, also they're kind of telling you, to, but they're also kind of telling you, and we hate them, but they're also the people that are telling you to go out and go and spend money and like, so they are they're kind of like telling you to do everything, so you can't really like hang a lantern on it and say like, well, the bad people are telling you to do this and the good people are telling you to do that. Because yeah. everybody's telling you, you know what I mean? Like it's the one of those well, convergent... We've got the SNP telling us to do things slightly differently just to make themselves look a bit better. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. But then like, yeah. And, and we've also been told by the media not to look at other countries that are doing excessively better. <laughs> it's all like... just like like, Every single uh, fucking one of them. It's <laughs> like, well, you know, like, uh, you can't, you simply can't. Compare ourselves to people outside of yeah. the UK. We can't we're, compare ourselves. It's not to like other we're islands. an island. <laughs> it's not like, yeah, exactly. We're not like we're a fucking island. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not like we have exactly. a, a fucking a massive like health service and like infrastructure and and a healthy GDP and uh, you know the ability to close borders a year ago and not today. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know the thing that I most hate about the eat out to help out scheme? Yeah, it's, right. It's not that obviously encourage people to go out in a pandemic, sit in restaurants and stuff. It's not that, that it's irresponsible. It's that it was a shit deal. It's shit money off. It's mm-hmm. not great money off. And it was for Monday and Tuesday only. Fuck you. Why am I going to go <laughs> sit in a wagon, mum? It's on a Monday and Tuesday. I thought it was Fuck Monday off. to Thursday. But, um, Monday to Thursday. Uh, I think it was Monday to Tuesday. <laughs> oh, uh, maybe, it was, maybe they, it was even worse than, than Stevenage. I don't know. Um, oh, fuck no. But yeah, it was fucking ridiculous, man. Um... And then up here, there was like, you could have restaurants open, but you couldn't have a comedy club or a comedy night in a restaurant because yeah. that would be like, uh, that would be, you know, a high risk for whatever reason. Um, you know, we can't have people laughing. We have to have them facing each other and speaking to each other and yeah. eating. 
so like get fucking spit all over each other you know what I mean so to be like, fair like uh, it's, it, if you if you look at the the menu in Wagamama's you'll laugh a little bit because you're spending like nearly four pounds on some fucking instant noodles it's basically <laughs> a, it's a big pot noodle and like what like because you're giving me ten pounds off a pot noodle I'm supposed to be happy no fuck you <laughs> no it's uh, again again it's the, it's the money off that I was pissed off with <laughs> because at least I'm 50% off or something do you know what I mean like mm. fuck you I don't know what it was no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I would. I like to eat it at the weekend. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like so, to eat it at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I just became a takeaway junkie last year. Anyway, man. That's the, that's the, <laughs> it's the done thing. Yeah. Exactly. I've uh, I've managed to to calm myself down a bit now. So, um, we're going to some of the varieties of determinism. Please. Yeah. So, <laughs> causal determinism proposes that there's an unbroken chain of prior occurrences stretching back to the origin of the universe. The relationship between events may not be specified, nor the origin of that universe. So, causal determinists believe that there's nothing in the universe that is co- uncaused or self-caused. And um, causal determinism has also been considered more generally as the idea that everything happens or is, exists is caused by antecedent conditions so that, that was kind of what I was getting at um, like on a sort of I, on a cellular level almost or on a on an event every event has a cause or every cause has an event um, you know that that sort of logic um, what do you what do you think of that there's a couple of different types of that nominal logical and Necessitarianism. Um. I mean, yeah. Again, it's like it's the thing. I, I don't disagree that like I don't disagree with it, but obviously, like it, it, it kind of introduces the fact that a person doesn't have responsibility for their actions. That, that's why it's interesting, I think, because that's why it was interesting to me when I was there. Uh, it's like the one one part of like philosophy that really stuck in my mind for some reason. Maybe because it made me think I could absolve myself of any guilt. <laughs> no, I. I mean. I, at the same thing, even if you don't have free will on that level, I think you have to kind of work on the assumption that you do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because you obviously you're and you're and as far as your own perception is, you're considering every decision, even if you're you're considering it unconsciously before you consider it consciously. Um, yeah, there's a school of thought that you know every decision is made sort of prior to it being made or your awareness of it being made. Um, yeah. But that that's still your decision because it's still your brain even yeah. if it's unconscious before it's conscious and your consciousness is sort of what tends to, what most people would probably equate your morality with, you know? Yeah. I mean, your morality is like, yeah, I, th- I think you're governing decisions and stuff. I mean, it's similar to the good versus evil in video games. The fact that like the majority of the time, the two choices that you get aren't vastly different. So if you, you shoot somebody in Red Dead Redemption 2, um, if you're shooting somebody for no reason, you get a sad face. But if you help somebody, you get a good face. But then, like the the good decisions and the bad decisions are cartoonishly, cartoonishly evil. Um, so you have to be like, if you're like booing a dog or something, you get a sad face. But if you you know, and then you'll end up with the bad ending. But if you're like saving children, you get a good face. Whereas like in real life, there's grey areas and stuff between the two decisions, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of you know the thing versus like where we've made a complex version of that. Like there is good and evil in video games and stuff. There is like a, but your purview and your choice is limited. Mm. It's usually good decision or bad decision. And whether whether it's good or bad, is kind of determined by your own, your own sort of spectrum. uh, spectrum 
But, but we get more choices than good or bad in real life. Yeah, yeah, of course. So. You know what I mean? You get the lesser of two evils, for example, and stuff like that. Like, um, and we end up with endings that are a little bit more complicated than yeah. good, bad. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, so like for those decisions to work, like our moralities are all, but the morality that we're setting to is being taught to us by other people and then challenged constantly by the outside world, like council culture and re-examining our own history and the impacts of our own history. Mm-hmm. Like do the reasons that, you know, there's so much conflict now between us from the past and like people from a few years ago and stuff is that we're now reevaluating our own history and the impact our own history had on the world and stuff. So like yeah. the people that we see ourselves as and inform ourselves as we were the, we were the Brits who saved world war two and, you know, gave everybody the industrial yeah. revolution. But we Whereas now we also say that we're the people that build ourselves on the back of slaves and that yeah. we did a lot of taking over and we did lots of starvation of India very recently. So and Ireland. About, I mean, like, yeah, and Ireland, fucking- yeah. Fucking loads of parts of the world, man. Um, like the wars, like Churchill really fucked them over. Um, you know, yeah, there was a lot of a uh, lot of dodgy, dodgy shit. Like they don't, we don't become the biggest empire in the world by being sound. Put it that way. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't really. That's why I don't like really like the like Union flag and stuff like that because it's a. Uh, it's just a bit. It seems just a bit of, um, celebratory of that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't really. Yeah. Um, I don't think people really acknowledge Britain's past enough. Or well, they kind of are now, I guess. Um, it's sort of more. Well, they're they're already trying to. The Tory party are actually trying to put something in place called the uh, free speech advocates in universities, which stops people from reviewing the history of of Britain in a complex light because they consider it an impeachment of freedom of speech. What about the what about like reviewing people's Twitter history? <laughs> yes, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's an impeachment of freedom of speech. People should yeah. be able to say and do everything they want without approach because that's what freedom of speech really is. It's it's saying what you want without anybody else being able yeah. to challenge you on it. I, yeah, that's exactly. That's what I don't understand about people that moan about free speech because you can say what you want. I mean, there's kind of some the way that like social media websites are now starting to censor people, it's that's kind of being taken away a little bit but you know people can still use other avenues I mean you don't have yeah. to fucking tweet like yeah. you, you, you can fucking just say something to your pals or like you can yeah. you, know, you can put it on a blog you can have your own website it's obviously not going to reach as many people necessarily but if you're it's your own fault for becoming reliant on a company to yes. spread your shit you know what I mean is freedom of speech uh, freedom to the right to have a platform no because and again this is the this well, I think is they the should have a platform but they should also have like the you know, this should be held to account and, and reproached, as as uh, you've just said. You know, but every, right. everyone, everyone, no, I don't, I don't think extremists like should have a platform. But I think there's a place for, but people on on each level of the spectrum, if they're reasonable. Um, I mean, because if you've only got one side, so then who's going to challenge it? You know what I mean? Yeah, but then, like, if you think about it, me and we'll use the example of the person who's been censored. Me and Donald Trump. Right, both have access to the same platform, which is Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets uh, obviously because of his wealth and fame, he gets millions and millions and millions of people <clears throat> following him. Yeah, we will because, so because well, no, it's because of his uh, his fame because he's became a TV star. Like, I mean, that was his decision. Like, of course, to, to become to try and become as famous as possible. Do you know what I mean? That was his like that was his. Well, he wasn't a particularly good businessman, but he was he was good at becoming a celebrity, and that's why he became president. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, but, and yeah. So I'm, I'm obviously he's got a bigger platform on the same platform, but so does anyone who, like, 
has like like fucking Kanye's got a huge amount of followers as well. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not just who is also uh, Kanye. Kan- yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. But I just mean different. <laughs> but, like like there's loads of different people um, on like that guy's level with that level of platform. I, I don't. I think there's plenty of people on each part of the political spectrum with that level of influence on Twitter, for example. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was saying it's not like it's not equal, and the whole point of freedom of speech and like it, and you're platforming somebody. The reason that deplatforming somebody is the same, like, isn't the same as like stifling their free speech, mm. is that me and that person do not have the same, like, have apparently got the right to have the same voice and the same opinion. Their mm. voice is echoed louder than mine. He used it in a way that caused violence against others, so they decided mm. to take away the platform underneath him. But his voice is still equal to mine, but now he doesn't get his advantage that he had. Thing is, you know, why, why did they think, take, when you factor know. yourself into mm-hmm. it, we didn't have, we both have the same rights, mm-hmm. but his right, was his rights taken away or was his advantage over me taken away? Yeah. Well, the thing is, I, I, I agree with that, man. Um, and, it, and I think it's their prerogative if they want to to, to deplatform somebody. But what I don't agree with is that they, they would do it with an American president, but not one of like, like Saudi, for example, um, or China, um, like they're happy for their governments to like. Uh, I don't think Twitter, Twitter and China have the exact same rules as us. To be honest with you, their, yeah. their internet slightly, uh, uh, slightly different to ours. If you can get through the hentai, I think a lot of it's slightly edited. To be fair. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, again, that's also a cultural thing. Like we have this idea and we have these um, things taught to us and stuff. But, you know, in China, for example, who do censor a lot of their internet, do they do so? Because they do so because culturally that, to them that's okay. Oh, no, no. Well, I'm just, that wasn't what I was saying. Sorry. I mean, um, Twitter haven't like, they're happy for um, the Chinese government to tweet despite the fact they've got loads of allegations of human rights abuses against them, but they wouldn't, yeah. like, you want Donald Trump tweeting. You know what I mean? Obviously, maybe that's because it's inciting things, but plenty of other people have incited things on uh, Twitter and not been taken down. Maybe not as big a platform. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, to be honest, it's their company. It's up to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing as well. It's like, I think for them, that was a, a statement they could get away with, but I, yeah. I agree with I don't think that the Chinese government hang more people than any uh, known government, which is bad. And they have concentration camps and like, yeah. um, and it's just everyone knows about it as well. Like yeah. the, the get concentration like, camps. Yeah, and, and, and the UK have like we sell arms to people like that. But like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we're all, we're all plat- like, again. Fuck all those people. But we're all the like, good. We're the good guys. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this is what I mean. Like, I mean, what, you know, it, it, once you get that, but that again, all of this is out. Is this happening because this is there? Do they have a choice in the matter, or are they doing this based <laughs> on the fact that people in the past did something that has allowed them to have a platform bigger and more powerful than everybody else? Do you know what I mean? It's like mm. when we talk. This is the thing I was saying against about the poverty and how your decisions and stuff. Yes, we all have yes or no decisions. Yes, we all have decisions in grey areas and stuff. But the thing that isn't in your control is there's the, the, the we can all play golf. You can all play golf your own way, but you can't really choose the course you're on. Do you know mm. what I mean? <laughs> like you can choose the part, you can choose what golf club you use, but we're not <laughs> all like we but you're on the fucking course you're on. Um you look a bit like Handsome Luke as well. But like one of my best mates handsome. <laughs> I'll take <laughs> handsome that, man. I've never seen the boy, but <laughs> handsome look. <laughs> <laughs> 
His name's Handsome Luke, yeah. Uh, one of my best friends, Handsome Luke, he he um he always drinks K cider. And uh he drinks it because it's the sugariest, most alcoholic thing that you can drink for a punk, punk show. And this woman come up to him and went, Oh, you're drinking K cider. I drink K cider. <laughs> and he, he would just basically looked at this this matte black can and threw it in the bin because he realised what he'd become. And it's <laughs> just this crackhead. You know where that conversation was going to? Can I have one of your case items? Yeah. Can I have one of your case? And I, this, just to put this out, addiction is a symptom of a disease it is not the cause of the problem um, hashtag legalise it I'm not saying that I wasn't having a yeah. go no, but which, it was very funny at the time yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean um, it was the it was caused as, as we've been saying so far every, yeah, every, exactly. every addiction it happens because of environmental factors I reckon well or yeah. I, yeah, pretty much because like even if you even yeah. if you had like a very stable upbringing with no like compounding factor, not many people have no like nothing happened like growing, growing up that would make them want to take drugs. But say for example, you did, you might then grow up and get into music and be surrounded by people smoking weed and like doing coke and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you know every every addiction uh, I think tends to be a result of the environment and, you, and the person themselves. I think uh, for sure. Usually there's uh, usually there's like some kind of trauma involved and stuff when there's serious addiction. It's uh, quite sad. But this is a comedy podcast. All of so the rolling plowing ahead. Yeah. All of the rolling st- all of the rolling stones are still alive. All of the no, rolling stones all alive. are still alive. There's one of them died, did he not? Are you sure? I think I'm one pretty of them, sure no, they're all immortal. I might be wrong, man. No, um, I'm pretty sure they're all fucking I still the, the I thought the drummer stone. died. Undead. I thought the drummer they are the died. Undead. Let's Google they're it, man. They are they are all Drug addicts, they are all you cut them, and that's probably sealed by THC. Like it, like the wounds will just like crystal. They all smoke weed, they all do coke, they all done heroin, like they're all fucking like top level drug addicts and junkies. And they're fucking they're fine and they're old as fuck. Yeah. And they're like, do you know what I mean? So you know, they're they like again, this is the outside determining factors regarding your life and stuff. Like like it's because they were taking the pure shit man like you know like heroin doesn't actually cause any organ damage apparently um but if it's it tends to be a lot of the shit in it um i mean like keith richards has obviously just been was doing like pure heroin for so long and not like getting the dodgy shit and if you just never take enough to overdose then there's probably not going to be that many long-term impacts people tend to like i get i mean you can obviously tell when people have been addicted to heroin for years because yeah. like they, they can see it on their face and stuff like that but that's usually like that's probably more like a lifestyle thing and the, a lot of the other drugs and a lot of the additives and fucking random shit they probably put in smack you know what I mean um, I really I, I don't want to miss a trick not that Keith Richards looks like a fucking fresh faced like 85 year old you know what I mean like, yeah <laughs> Well, I don't want to misattribute a, qu- a quote but I think it was actually one of the Rolling Stones who basically said that a drug having a I don't have a drug problem because the only drug problem is not being able to afford drugs and that's kind of true because I yeah because you're you not going to go into withdrawal yeah you know what I mean which is and what it, actually it, makes which what I was saying earlier is withdrawal is one of the things that makes it uh, like really destroys people's bodies because it's just so fucking rough and um, and and if you've got free time and f- access to a load of like spare cash where it just does it won't impede you and you won't need to turn to crime or desperate measures and stuff to you know the th- the negative attributes attributed 
to drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can afford to keep the fucking addiction going, that's the dream. With no, with no next- <laughs> Yeah, that's what I mean. Wait, like, <laughs> Chasing if, the dragon, they call it. I mean, but do you know what I mean? Like, that's not fair, is it? Because that's not fair. We'll go right satisfaction. No. <laughs> well, to be, they brought a lot of those uh, from Sam. They brought a lot of their songs from other uh, blues and jazz musicians. Like Sam Cooke famously sold a load of his uh, songs to the Rolling Stones from black artists that they would then later make hits even though the black artists didn't make it a hit because obviously there were like white people touring it and stuff. But as far as he could see, yeah. like that was white people putting money into black owned businesses and black owned pockets and stuff. So Sam Cooke took, said, you get to number one, get to number one with our songs because as soon as you start seeing yeah, the, royalties the royalties from a number one, that's, he goes, he goes, he goes, without realizing it, I had white people working for me. <laughs> Sam Cooke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's a, that's that's clever, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So, I if like if they're getting the royalties, obviously that's completely fair enough. I mean, loads of loads of um, great artists did loads of great covers. The difference between like Led Zeppelin, as we were talking about earlier, is they just didn't give anyone anyone any royalties. They just fucking took them. And then you listen to. Have you ever listened to like the YouTube? No, Stones are really good for. Like, no, Stones. I will say flat out, Stones are really good for that. Like not only like all you, any of the Stones will appear on these like jazz musicians like documentaries about them and stuff like saying like this person, like uh, sister is like muddy wars and stuff like to make music and stuff like they're not shy about talking about where that, cause they, it wasn't their, you know, they want, they wanted to big up blues music, but you know what I mean? Like if somebody's going to make you a poster child for peace, love and fucking loads of money and shit, then you take it. And it's not like they're bad at their jobs. One of the best yeah. gigs I ever went to was the Rolling Stones. And was like, I took more, I started feeding people like baby chickens. I put Mandy hands, right? Just dusted it on my hands and put it out my hand. <laughs> and then I've got everybody. I just went, feed one of the chickens. Feed one of the chickens. And I just got all my friends to just take some. And they just come back to me later like, what the fuck have you done? Where did you see the Rolling Stones? <laughs> we thought we should see them the way they were seeing us. Where was mean? it? Hey, <laughs> what, what venue? It was Hyde Park. All oh, right, nice. I'd, li- I'd like yeah, to yeah. see, I mean, I don't know if I'd go and see the Stones, man. They're not like my, my big band, um, really. I'd like, obviously, plenty of their songs, but not like they're not a band that I listen to really um, and they'd probably be charging like a hundred quid a ticket these days so it's yeah, like, it was a hundred you know, quid yeah yeah some money real money we're watching a bunch of people who are fucking ancient like run, dancing you know? <laughs> I don't know were they, but were they really good I don't know yeah yeah um, they were so, incredible yeah I mean like he can still move like Jack can still move so Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so back to the sort of types of determinism. Um, so predeterminism is the idea that all events are determined in advance. Um, so rather than just event cause, it's like literally decided or already predetermined. The concept is often argued by invoking causal determinism, implying that there's an unbroken chain of prior occurrences stretching back to the origin of the universe. Um, in the case of predeterminism, this chain of events has been pre-established and human actions cannot interfere with the outcomes of this pre-established chain. That's um, bollocks though, isn't it? Because that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. fate. Yeah, pretty much. It's fate, it's bollocks. Um, well, they, yeah. they, they use it in the context of biology, in which case it represents a form of biological determinism, um, sometimes called genetic determinism. So biological determinism is the idea that each of the human behaviours, beliefs and desires are fixed by human genetic nature. 
Yeah, which is also bollocks. That's eugenics. <laughs> like, this is the idea that somebody's, uh, this well, is like crazy. I mean, no, I don't think it's just eugenics because it's also like, you know, your, your, your genes do affect your decisions. I would argue they don't affect every decision because although, although your whole makeup is, comes from your genes, doesn't it? It's your, your makeup or your fucking parents' yeah. genes. So, I mean, maybe as predetermined, not predetermined, a, but a as a result of those genes interacting with each other. Yeah. But they're, they're like, there's like comp, Compatibilism is an example of that where, a, 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 and a person, there's a man, it's like he, he had a, uh, he developed a, uh, an interest in, in young girls basically. And he was like disgusted by the idea of it and went and to, to the, like went to the police and he kept complaining about headaches and stuff. And then he went and they had a look and it turns out he had a brain tumor exactly on the place where your sexual preferences are like which we associate and then they cut it out and it went away and then it came back later his desire and lo and behold the tumor had come back and stuff and this is very rare and it's something that was completely like so they but they talk about like whether or not his genetics then impacted his behavior was it was that diminished behavior because the problem is the crime obviously will still affect. Did he, did he commit the crimes? Did he commit any crimes? He did, yeah. But this is a comedy podcast, so I've uh, I've omitted that. Um, <laughs> he, he, you're just he, like he just went into the police, like oh, I just seem to be a little bit into little girls. Can you yeah. check out my head, please? <laughs> let, me, let me just let, let me just check this out. Like something's wrong, guys, and <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah, it could be me. Um, but yeah, there's. <laughs> <laughs> what nonsense! This uh, this episode but it was also it is a lot, which is again. I suppose it's kind of like one of those things which is biologically bad and good, good and evil. But which, um, but like, yeah, there are genetics. Like, for example, there are genetic. If you have a di- diminished responsibilities, if you have a disability or a mental health problem that diminishes your responsibility, then it will impact and inform decisions for you. So yeah, into that respect, you're right. Like it, 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 there are certain aspects of reality and how you perceive reality that isn't your fault. Like if you get a bit flirty after a few drinks, is it the alcohol making you do that? Or is it that you're a dick and the alcohol is letting you do it? Like, yeah, it's like, it's just unlocking that fucking, uh, that double locked door. It's just making someone a bit of a dick. Although I don't know. This is it's it's like, to be flirty it. after a few drinks, I think like, I don't know. I've done it. You've been flirty with me after a few drinks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true. So. Um, so theological determinism is a form of determinism that holds that all events happen, um, that happen are either preordained um, to happen by a mono, monotheistic deity or are destined to occur given its omniscience. Two forms of theological yeah. determinism exist referred to as strong and weak theological determinism. Do you believe in God? No. No, I don't. Or I like don't. any sort of any sort of creator or anything like that, or do you think it's just I, I, we're just are you a full on atheist? No, I, I have the I, I I believe in the idea of like um, I don't know if you've ever done magic mushrooms and stuff, but there's definitely the I, I I believe in the idea of interconnectivity. I believe in the idea of higher power, but not one that governs thought decisions but more like the idea of like we are made of stardust we are made of things that will be destroyed the matter that creates the universe there's definitely something like the thing I said earlier about the universe just trying to understand itself I believe in that so that the idea that like there's something not conscious not on purpose I mean like if I do you know what I mean the sun's real 
Like, yeah. and even if it's not conscious, it's made of pure power and gives us life. So then there's something the whole bigger than, you the know whole what I mean? And like yeah, probably yeah, other ones it, too. It gives life. It gives up, and it's and it's one of billions. But like, I don't. It does it mean that it? Like, I don't believe in intelligent design, and I don't believe in. And this is the least interesting thing that happened in film as well. If you start a film with. There was a, my mother always used to tell me there was a prophecy of the chosen one. You've told me the end of the film and you've removed any agency from the people in the film. I don't care anymore. <laughs> and the same thing applies to us as well. Like if you remove agency and we're all predetermined and governed, then why are some people's <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like there's a, there's some people are sandwich artists and that's their thing. And that's fine. And I'll eat a sandwich, but did God say, you're the man on sandwiches today. So someone, so someone's got to make a sandwich. I mean, what if nobody made the sandwich? If we had nobody, yeah. like, pile and shit up on Instagram, then how would we know what we want to eat? Just have to, yeah, you'd, I mean, you'd like, be yeah. still eating, like, ham and cheese back in the day, you know? Yeah, it's true. You'd be eating that your mum's Iceland dinners. Ah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Julie, if you are listening to this, which I know you're not, because you never listen to anything you do, but you're, you're asking the food with shit... And still shit. Yeah, it's totally right. He's called uh, yeah, Julie. Like, oh, that's the ultimate. Oh, you definitely don't think she's going to listen to this. Yeah, <laughs> Julie knows. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's it, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I suppose though, as well, like everybody, it, it, are we like ants? Do we all support the queen? Are we all a cog in the machine in the greater machine of life? <laughs> Are we uh, is are we all supporting characters or are we main characters? Because like I said about the sandwich guy, no offense to the sandwich guy, like I reckon amazing. I'm a main character. Yeah, you've got main character syndrome for sure. Tattoo, I bet all your tattoos mean something. I've got one tattoo and it's of uh, the new junk aesthetic cover. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. It didn't it's mean it. Yeah, it's fucking no. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah. Oh, I think you sent me that before you did it as well. That's fucking sick. Yeah, no, I don't have any tattoos that mean anything. Although I want, I want to get one of uh, part of the Shape of Punk to Come album cover. Um, the other, the couple that are dancing. Oh fuck, man! I mean, like they refused. The refused to the greatest fucking live band, punk band, fucking. Mate. Oh, to ever sell out, they're incredible. They're fucking yeah, yeah. the best. But they they're are. Uh, I don't even care if they sold out because, like, they they wrote. No, I don't the, either. The, they wrote like the best album ever and got like they probably didn't make. Uh, they obviously sold some copies of it after, but like they deserved that fucking tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they, and then they oh, kept making music. Yeah. It's not the best, but they kept making music. It's not like they're fucking out of the driving or Still. or a uh, yeah, system of a down that go eight years fucking back together without making anything. You know what I mean? Also, they didn't make shit. They didn't come back and just say, like, what's popular at the moment? Let's put a synth over, like, a fucking... Do you know what I mean? They came back and made an album that was aggressively weird. And then, they, mm. th- and then they've done an album with Keanu Reeves. And he got <laughs> Sexiest Man in Sweden. But I remember, I remember I was at their first UK show back at Download. Oh, mate, um, that must have been fucking amazing. Fuck it. It wasn't, it wasn't even that full. And I went specifically for this. And he comes out on stage. And he's wearing this red suit. Um, might be a black suit, but he's wearing a full suit. And he came out. I think I might be mixing it up with two thousand trees. He comes out of the full suit. He just walks out. And he's like, he goes over to the microphone. Just goes, <laughs> comes back. And, and he just. <laughs> Oh, it. The one, when I saw them at the garage in Glasgow, I think that's 
one of my top like one or top three gigs ever anyway it's like oh, it was man. fucking insane man like I saw them again at the Barrowlands like uh, a couple yeah. years later and it was good but like that first time was just oh man um, this out of this world um, but I I'm not uh, so I I don't really I don't really know but the I feel like I want to take DMT before I make my decision on whether there's a god or not because a lot of people seem to take DMT and then like oh, decide man. that there's a fucking afterlife you know what I mean <laughs> be back we- yeah, we should do an episode on um, hallucinogens as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, I missed what you said. It all broke out. Um, I was going to say, we should do an episode on hallucinogens. My brother, my brother is very knowledgeable about spiritualism and the effects that it has on spiritualism. you <laughs> fucking love to talk to him. He's been to like India. He's been to go see like gurus and stuff. And he, yeah, um, get him on, he, man. Yeah. I, 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 had, yeah, I, I'll ask him. I'll see. But yeah. like... It, I think he would, but like I had a um, a pretty bad depressive episode. I had, and I, that was determinism. I made a decision about a relationship, and I I saw the dominoes ahead of me that was going to happen mm. because like there was um, there was like a thing where I was like, if I do this, this will happen, and if that happens, it will make me feel like shit. It did happen. It all happened. I was like, okay, well, I still think I made the best decision for myself and stuff, but it made me feel bad, and I had a really bad depressive episode for quite a while. And um, my brother was just like, you should fucking just take some mushrooms and it will put everything in perspective and you'll realise how small and stupid this is. <laughs> and me and three of my friends did a load of mushrooms and we tripped for a whole 24 hours. And it was fucking incredible. And then when you come back, you're like, Jesus Christ, human problems are so stupid and small. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it just fucking, it literally just switched because apparently it's a big reboot and stuff. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that and stuff. Yeah. But like, I've never had a yeah. 24 hour mushroom trip, man. If anytime I've done it, it's been like a six, seven hour thing. It's been great. No, sorry. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't 24 hours. In fact, I was just really short. I think it was only about like, I think ours was only about eight or nine hours. It that's, was really I, that's, short. That's still heavy duty, man. Um, but I, that, Sounds like a good time. It was a great time. I'm glad, I'm glad it got you over your ex. Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't. It wasn't about that specifically, but yeah. like it was about. It wasn't like so. Do you know when you're 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 upset about a relationship thing, and it makes you think about all the other things that are shit in your life because you're feeling because right. you're feeling sorry for yourself. So it wasn't about the ex and stuff. It was about. Um, it was about like uh, your mindfulness about whether or not like you, you're sad about one thing and that makes you see everything else sad. And like, it, it's nothing to do with, and it's, uh, I was sad about my place in the world and where I was and shit at the time. And like, it was just spurred me on to like, you know, like you, you do better, you do better stuff, but yeah, it is mm. weird. It's a weird time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Good shit. <laughs> and the, the higher God, the higher God in that respect. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Everybody sees, uh, like, apparently you see it, like, my brother did it, he saw a person who told him that his behaviour was shit and, like, really, like, sorted him out because he used to be, like, a massive gearhead and then, like, he's not, he's not. (laughs) Man, I I recommend fucking hallucinogens to anybody, to everybody. Like, yeah, yeah, at least once. Like, oh, for sure, man. Yeah, uh, I reckon it's something yeah, yeah. you should do a couple of times a year at least. Um, just, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just you just laugh for most of the fucking time. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It, it's never, it's never made a Tesco's trip on shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever got a Tesco on hallucinogens, man. That might be, that might be on the cards. <laughs> but, getting, uh, like, if you've got a trip, if you've got a, an A level trip, to it, like my brother, who is a 
Like he took us to the shops. He put us in separate rooms. He put bags down for us. He he fed us. He gave us water. He took people who were having a bad time away from people having a good time. He is the god of it. He is he is <laughs> he is the chef. Is he like a shaman? Uh, I'd say he's a fucking shaman. He's he's a shaman for himself. Yeah, self-taught, but he is definitely a shaman. He took us all through the wilderness. We all had a great time. Yeah, he put good music on. He put like colourful moving shapes on. He put nice lighting on. Like he knew how to take us through it and stuff. And I've got two brothers who know the same sort of thing. Um, who sort of we all kind of have done it to each other in the past. So yeah, you need a trip sitter though for sure. Mm-hmm. Don't do it on your own. <laughs> you don't you don't free dive on your own. Don't free dive into your mind on your own. And oh, this okay. is where you, the big idea of God comes from, I think, as well, because every trip person, every person does this sort of thing. I think the idea of God came from that, like this idea of like something needing to be bigger than ourselves. Yeah, well, it probably we came that from that originally, and then like people have used it to uh, like obtain power. You know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. But it, it probably originally came from like. <laughs> Just people fucking try to figure out the world and like cavemen were all fucking tripping balls. So, you know, they, they probably saw a lot of shit <laughs> like or and even well into like now. I mean, you know, people aren't really starting religions as much now, but back then it would have just been like folklore, like I saw this shit in the sky and they, they didn't know what a hallucinogen was, they just knew they ate the mushrooms and saw the fucking gods. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I mean like and it and the thing the thing is as well when if you, when these people start telling these people this mental thing, like they always joke that like the hacky comedian joke that like you tell somebody that you're a virgin birth, blah, blah, blah. And this big demon, blah, blah, blah. You know, they think you're crazy. It's like, well, no, these people were fucking high as fuck. They were like, they were high as fuck and they'd never left a 24 mile square radius or they'd probably die. So they were like, like, well, this is where the water is. This is where the food is. This is where the poo is. And I've got to stay near these or I'm going to die. And they say, well, the person over there has got golden mountains made a thing. Well, probably. I'm never going there in case I die. <laughs> but I'm going to keep eating the mushrooms and seeing the weird stuff. So you're probably right. Yeah. And they used them like the Vikings and stuff used them as well. Let's just turn it into an episode on hallucinogens. But either the Vikings used to use them in fighting, like, um, berserkers and stuff like that they would eat mushrooms and yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it's, and, so, and um, they think that's where um, the word for is it ninja comes from or like something like that like one of the like uh, hashish hashashins assassins that like um, I don't know if that's real <laughs> or if I made that up but apparently they used to take drugs <laughs> 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 uh, so there's a uh, there's a few philosophical varieties of determinism. The determinism in the nature nurture controversy, nature nature and nurture interact as humans. And um, a scientist looking at a sculpture after some time doesn't ask whether we are seeing the effects of the starting materials or of the environmental influences. Although some of the above forms of determinism concern human behaviours and cognitions, um, others frame themselves as an answer to, to the debate on nature nurture. So. Uh, scientific understanding has grown. The strongest version of these theories have been uh, widely rejected as a single cause fallacy. Um, but look, we're going to go into them anyway. Um, biological determinism that we've already discussed about genetics. Um, and you've got behaviorism, which involves the idea that all behavior can be traced to specific causes, either environmental or reflexive. 
uh, cultural determinism, um, which is probably something that's quite relevant at the moment, given the culture shifts that have happened around the world. Um, along with social determinism, uh, it's the nurture-focused theory that the culture in which we are raised determines who we are, which, I don't know, man, I mean, that's kind of true. I mean, like, but the problem is that these, yeah, I mean, there's no problem with it. Like, this is hundreds, Um, we should take that hundreds and thousands of uh, approach to this. All of those are right. To a certain extent, not one, not one of them is wrong. Yeah, yeah but like, they're not completely a, right. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. So like, but yeah, all you're shaped right. by everything, but you're not. I mean, yeah, yeah. So environmental determinism, always also known as climate, climatic or geographical determinism, proposes that the physical environment rather than social conditions determines culture. Uh, supporters of environmental determinism often also support behavioral determinism. So I think that's kind of arguing that. Your culture is determined by your environment, but it's all these. So culture, it's just it's like when you look at science, you'll say you know, chemistry is applied physics and biology is applied chemistry, fucking psychology is applied biology. Like these are just mm. like so your environment shapes your culture, which shapes your behavior, you know, and your biology also yeah. shapes things. So it's all these things just impact on your fucking what, your makeup essentially. Yeah, exactly. And like the, if you think about the impact of the internet and the fact that cultures can connect instantly, um, suicides raised in air, like cold, freezing areas like the like Scandinavian countries and stuff, which are like dark and frozen most of the time, when they got internet because they found out that there were places that like seem to have a great time a lot of the time, and they realised they were living a kind of like sort of pretty <laughs> shitty life. Uh, but like, but, oh, but do you think like Swedish TV was just all like dark and fucking like? Because any any time like. My dad's always watching like fucking Scandinavian detective series and stuff, and it's always dark as fuck. Do you reckon every TV show yeah, in Sweden yeah. was just dark as fuck? There's no sitcoms. People are just fucking sitting there and drinking through the fucking twenty-two I'm af- hour I'm, nights. <laughs> I'm a, I'm afraid that everybody has lost five and five. he murdered her, but before he murdered her, let me list the things he's done to her body. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm doing this in BBC. I'm trying to fall asleep. I can't just watch Attenborough. <laughs> like fucking hell. Enjoy your nightmares after watching it. Plus, you've got to fucking read it as well as uh, watch the the guy creepily. Yeah. <laughs> really gets me brain. Comes up your. Oh. No, I don't really like but subtitled there's... shows anyway because I'm just always too stoned for them. Like, I just never follow half yeah, the words. <laughs> um, and there's um, not that I've said about nominative determinism beforehand, oh, which yeah. is the idea that a name. A name determines who you are, but one of the Scandinavian detectives is called Harry Hull. I don't know what it's like, but like there's this, you know, it's this is idea. Is he an arsehole? Like, yeah, you go. Uh, but they, like, you name somebody, uh, you name somebody, cherish. They're supposed to cherish. Name somebody, patient. Supposed to be patient. You name so. If are you going to choose a guy called Wendell 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 Randelson, or are you going to choose Chad? Bozeman, Max you're gonna choose like Jeremy, like <laughs> Max Power, yeah. And it's like there is a there's there's like really funny examples like there's a, a cardiac surgeon called um, uh, Heart Pain, which is great. <laughs> Wait, they, see in, a, uh, see in the hospital, like, sorry, Karen. Yeah, there's a UKIP member called Wayne Kerr. This is true. <laughs> you can look that. You can actually look that up. That's real. Um, but there's also like. There's there there was a fireman called Les McBurney. Like it's just so fucking like and like it's like Wordsworth. Like he went to study mathematics and thought 
it's not numbers worth. I better change the word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just fucking. It's, I, it's fucking easy, man. I, I there's a doctor in our hospital that I work in, uh, St John's in Livingston. That's uh, an addiction specialist, and her name's Doctor Cocaine. No. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. It's spelt differently. I used to work with a social worker, so somebody who works with children, and his name was Jealous Baby. What? His name was Jealous Baby. Jealous Baby. <laughs> Last name was Baby. First name was Jealous. What? Oh. B A B. His name was Jealous Baby. How can your name be Jealous? Pardon? How can your name be Jealous? Well, just fucking ask him. Like, it's just what he was. Like, like uh, his name is Jealous Baby. But yeah, uh, it was spelt. It was spelt like Jealous Baby as well. Like, it's spelt <laughs> right. Like, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just like a weird. Uh, I know a guy, yeah, um, the guy that did my tattoo, his name's Ian TC, uh, legally, which stands for Ian the Comedian. And he is also ah, a comedian. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he got it. He's a tattoo tar- tattoo artist and a comedian. Um, comedian tattoo. You should check uh, it out. So they did a fucking banging job sound, on my arm. It, it does sound like it. Like if, if you're a comedian, would you call yourself stand up? <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? What do you reckon? Uh, what do you reckon? Our name's predetermined. Ian Pringle. Craig Potter. <laughs> Yours is that you're in really. Ha- you're always going to have that mustache. <laughs> I'm be mad into tubes, and like mine was that I'm going to be very good at clay work, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not. So you know, my nominative determinism didn't come to fruition. Sadly, I'm just good oh. at bullshit. <laughs> I haven't fulfilled my purpose. That's it. To be fair, I should. If I did the scene from Ghost, I reckon I'd just climax immediately and just be like, "That's it. I'm fucking done it." <laughs> I've fucking done it. A craggy pot. I've done it. (laughs) Just fell in the pot immediately. Oh, no. So, want to talk about the multiverse. Um, Other debates often concern the scope of determined systems, um, with some maintaining that the entire universe is a single determinate system, and others identifying uh, one or other more limited determinate systems or multiverse. So the multiverse is a hypothetical group of multiple universes. Together, these universes comprise everything that exists, the entirety of space, time, matter, energy, information, and the physical laws and constraints and constants that describe them. Um, the different universes within the multiverse are called parallel universes, other universes, alternate universes, or many worlds. What do you think about the idea of parallel universes? So parallel universe or string theory the idea that every uh, decision splinters off a different time zone where you have, or a different timeline where you have taken the equal or opposite decision, that every decision creates a parallel world is also backed up by um, physics because there's um, there's certain particles that move through, uh, disappear and reappear at different points. And we assume that what's happening is they're moving through dimensions and time because they cease to exist and then exist at a later point we think even if you block their point they can these particles will take a different path through dimensions to get to where they need to get um but i struggle with string theory because the idea that there's multiple worlds that there's infinite possibilities that there's infinite worlds that any version of yourself is possible means that there's infinite billions and billions and billions but like that means that somewhere out there 
in these infinite worlds and these infinite versions of yourself and these infinite decisions means Boris Johnson isn't a total cunt <laughs> somewhere. And I just struggle to think that that's not real. And, and it means that somewhere in some reality, you're an ounce. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, reality, if, I had the brain tumor, if I had the brain tumor, mm. the major an ounce, then maybe in some reality. <laughs> yeah, I, I struggle to get my head around that kind of thing, man. I think it's like, so it's the idea that like, um, I, I just don't understand it. <laughs> so the idea is that basically reality moves in waves and like what right. we perceive as reality is just vibrating particles, vibrating particles that are overlapped right. through, other, through dark matter. Dark matter is a space where nothing exists. Okay. Schools are waves. Waves move at different frequencies. In the same way that you could layer radios or audio, you could re- layer reality, and they are layered on top of each other, and each one creates the infinite and opposite equal one. And uh, what okay. see this time move in one direction. So it's about the empty space between what we know to be true and what we perceive as reality to be one thing moving in one direction, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. And again, if you subscribe to the theory that consciousness is rare and shouldn't really exist and it only exists purely to understand the process of itself, then yeah, that's, that's what uh, string theory is. Mm. But like very simply, because obviously it's uh, yeah, universal it's nutshell stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if Stephen Hawking's evolved, then it's probably fucking yeah. difficult to understand. But I think I understand it a bit better now. Um, it, yeah, I just it, it seems very difficult to prove, but you can't disprove it. Um, but Paul Steinhardt, uh, Steinhardt has famously argued that no experiment can rule out a theory if the theory predicts or provides all possible or for all possible outcomes. Um, but yeah. that just seems very theoretical and with no proof. I don't, maybe there is proof. I don't, I don't well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not the guy that wrote the fucking book. Um, uh, just <laughs> it's 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 to do with like it's to do with maths. It's it, it's removing the idea of concepts and stuff like. Mm-hmm. So it's to do with like um, there are things that we know exist and things that we know require explaining, and we there are things that we can't explain which have certain solutions to it, and like. It either means that the mathematical theory that we get to process these particles and how they react and stuff, there's, there's, there's like that it means that either the maths is wrong, but it's right in so many other ways where we can predict the movement of planets, movements of gas and stuff, or it means that the math points to the fact that there could be multiple, like, universes or multiple outcomes or dimensions and stuff. Uh, we also know that like black holes exist and like that things move through what we perceive to be one plane. Um, but a lot of it, yeah, it's, it's theoretical, but like theoretical theories on the word th- theory doesn't mean just something you made up. It means something yeah. based on observable information. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. even, but the observable information is so out there that it's just such a weird pool and it's based on like, Again, it's about stories. It's about getting people to understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Like we can explain maths by using the film Spider Spider Verse, if you want, in which Nicolas Cage plays a noir detective, Spider Man, uh, who exists alongside other Spider Men, including Spider Ham and Spider Pig. And there's a world where there's spiders that rule stuff. And like, but it doesn't. But it's about stories. It's about getting people to understand complex mathematics. Uh-huh. Um, so they're not necessarily. Yeah, Rick and Morty tries to do that shit, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is exactly what Rick and Morty does. It takes up complex ideas, and mm. which yeah, which multiverse and stuff, um, 
but it, but those complex ideas are basically turning a mathematical theory into into words, which isn't always a cut and dry thing. So when somebody says, "Well, that doesn't make sense," it's like, "No, but the math is so fucking complicated. You're telling me to turn tell you two plus two is four as a fucking story, <laughs> and that's what it is." You know what I mean? It's like it's weird. Food for thought, though. And I think that's uh, I think that's a cool place to end, man. Um, that's that been very cool. That's been fun, man. Uh, I've really enjoyed it. Some rabbit holes there. Uh, it's been interesting. Um, yeah, sorry, I went to the weird place. I no, <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, anyone that's uh, enjoyed the podcast, please go subscribe. Um, give us a like on our socials at Patter Pod P A T T O R Pod, um, and let us know if you want any themes of your own to be discussed um, submit them to patarpod at gmail.com um, yeah. thanks very much Craig uh, this has been a thanks, pleasure mate. it's been an absolute joy see you later guys <laughs>